Amen. Thank you, Connie, for that. I know that many of you have been praying for months for Brother Steve Clymers and, yeah, and uh, his cancer treatments, even if you don't know him personally. And I'm pleased to see Brother Steve right down here on the second row this morning. Yeah, it's so good to see you, my friend. Amen. We're going to take a break from the spiritual gifts this morning to talk about the gifts of a mother. Yeah, the notes are provided in your bulletin if you'd like to follow along. I've been looking forward to uh, being in this passage in Exodus chapter 2 with you. Yeah, so let's turn over there, the second book of the Bible. And we're going to read verses 1 through 10 this morning in our reading. Exodus chapter 2. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And his sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. And her maidens walked along by the river's side. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it, and the child grew. And she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Would you bow with me in prayer this morning? Father, we thank you for each person who's here, and certainly for each mother who's here this morning. We pray that the Word of God would come alive to us once again, that the Holy Spirit of God would work in each heart. And if there are those without the assurance of eternal life today, that they would pay close attention to what you have for us. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you please listen to this song before the message? You may see her in the grocery with her children Or in the city nine to five each working day She's a mother or a teacher or a woman all alone But she's someone else entirely when she prays She's a prayer warrior Down on her knees Wrestling with powers And principalities Standing in the gap For others For her sisters and her brothers 
ocean or the tears she sheds with every whispered prayer we may not see the secret things hidden in her heart but the eyes of God are watching her with care she's a prayer warrior down on her knees wrestling with powers and principalities standing in the gap for others for her sisters and her brothers reaching heaven with her heart and we'll never fully know the debt we owe her for we'll never know the evil we've been spared many nights she's crashed through Satan's strongholds reaching heaven with her prayers she's a prayer warrior down on her knees wrestling with powers and principalities standing in the gap for others for her sisters and her brothers reaching heaven with her heart oh you have touched the very heart of God prayer warrior prayer warrior prayer Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> How many of you uh, have your mom with you today? Wave at me. Okay, terrific. How many of you wish your mom could be here today? Yeah? You'd give anything just to see her one more time. That's terrific. Well, for those of you who grew up with, uh, or got to grow up with your mom around, I'm sure that you have some great stories about your childhood. You remember the time... Uh, that fell off the bike and mom washed you all up and put that red medicine that stings all over your scrapes. 
Um, you guys remember the red medicine that stings? Is it still out there? What's it? Mercurochrome? Metamucil? What is it? Iodine? Uh, I'm hearing words everywhere. I, I don't think metamucil is the right word. I just get confused sometimes. Um, you, you remember the time when, when mom made homemade ice cream before the fireworks on 4th of July? Remember the time when mom accidentally forgot you at school for two hours? Now, you remember the time when, when mom would go out in the front yard and play wiffle ball with you and your friends? Remember the time, I remember this, the time when my mom let me play Monopoly for the first time? She told me when I was seven years old that on the first day of summer in 1979 that I could play Monopoly. And uh, I still remember the night I went to bed with tears flowing down my face because she made me go bankrupt. (laughs) And I think she enjoyed it. And if you've ever played Monopoly with my mom, you probably lost. So uh, you remember the time when, when mom left me in a basket in the Nile River next to the crocodiles? Well, that happened to Moses. You think you have stories? Pretty sure Moses had some stories, folks. And we find out later in Exodus that his dad's name was Amram. His mom's name was Jochebed. That he had an older sister named Miriam and an older brother named Aaron. And today we want to look at the early life of Moses at the traits of his mom. A mother provides things in our lives that no one else can provide for us. But a mother also goes through things that no one but another mother can ever really understand. And so on this Mother's Day, let's investigate the gifts of a mother. And we're going to start with the gift of nurture. The gift of nurture. You could say that the political environment for having baby boys was not that great in 1635 B.C. in Egypt. Look at the last verse of chapter 1. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. This was a good era to be a woman, (laughs) in some ways. It wasn't good time for little boys. And into this world, little Moses was born. His mother hid him from the spying eyes of the people of the land and cared for him for three months. I'm sure you're already aware that no one knows how to care for you like mom does. Mom's there when you wake up and she's there when you go to sleep. Proverbs 31 describes the virtuous woman whose candle is always burning on behalf of her family. And every era of history has challenges for moms. Um, back when we were kids, they still used cloth diapers. Um, how do you remember cloth diapers? It doesn't go that far back, does it? Uh, apparently, those are on the way back in because disposables are so harmful to the environment and babies are causing global warming. So, sure that you need to get tabs on this and... Yeah, to really work on this. But some of you were born during the Depression. Anybody in here 
uh, this morning who was born in the 1920s? 1920s? How about the 1930s? Anybody born in the 1930s? Some of you were born in the roaring 20s and during the Depression. And uh, I know that your mom probably had to get creative to have dinner for you. That's you had beans on Monday and beans and onions on Tuesday and beans and rice on Wednesday and leftovers the rest of the week. Are you trying to make it through? Some of you were born during World War II. How many of you were born in the 1940s in here? 1940s. Yeah, and your mom was busting her tail to take care of you, but she was also required to play the role of Rosie the Riveter down at the factory because we needed airplanes and we needed ships and we needed bullets. By the way, we need bullets again. Sorry, I get sidetracked. Um, look, the, the mother of Moses lived during an incredibly difficult era of history. And yet she did everything in her power, everything she could do to attend to the needs of her infant son as well as to her other children. It's interesting to me that a mother's work is never done. You've heard that before. But a mother always seems to get done just the right amount to keep things rolling. Right? The, the laundry's never all done at one time. If you live in a house with normal kids and normal everything, the laundry, there's never a point where mom can say, it's done! I never have to do it again. But somehow things keep rolling along. And somehow the things that need to be done are done. Nurture takes place in so many areas, so many homes, so many opportunities that moms give to their children because they care for them. But then we want to talk also this morning about the gift of placement. The gift of placement. No one is as cautious about decisions regarding your future as mom is. She takes care of your immunizations and your doctor visits and screens your preschool and conferences with your teachers and interviews your elementary girlfriends or boyfriends. Um, mom is watching out for you. And the mother of, of Moses was faced with an insane decision about her baby son. And we already read that Pharaoh had commanded all baby boys to be cast in the river. And she wasn't going to throw her newborn to the crocodiles. So what more could she do than place him in the best available situation and wait? And it seems to me, uh, I was reading the passage this week, it seems to me that she kept the letter of Pharaoh's law. Look what it says. Every son that is born you shall cast in the river. He said, put your boys in the river. And she did. Maybe not the way that he thought of, but her boy was now in the river. Placement is a tough thing for parents, especially for moms. Have you ever stood outside of a kindergarten class on the first day of school? You've got moms crying everywhere. The kids have to tell them, it's going to be okay, mom. I mean, it's a bad scene outside of the, the local kindergarten. See, placement requires this prickly little thing called faith. If I leave, she might, he might, 
What if the teacher, what if the other kids, what if there's an emergency? And notice that even this mom, Jochebed, woman of faith, that she hid her daughter in the bushes to watch what would happen. She had faith, but she also wanted to know what was going on. And that's how we are. We have faith, but we want to check up too. Right? If you want to know what's really going on in your kid's life, check his Facebook page. Or if you really want to know what's taking place in life, get up with technology on these things. But, but every mother has this dilemma. And every mother could look back at her decisions regarding placement and second-guess some of them. I never should have let you play with so-and-so. I never should have let you go to that school. If only I had, or if only I hadn't. And mothers, all mothers, live with regrets. You know why? Because we're frail creatures. And we all make poor decisions from time to time. And there are regrets. And our society leads people to pile on sometimes the decisions that their mothers made. Listen up on this for a minute. The majority of people who have ever been mothers have done their dead level best to place their kids in a good situation and environment. It's hard to be a mom in any era. I get a kick sometimes out of the young people who are growing up these days who think that life is so hard and teachers are so mean and coaches are so rotten. And even when I was in high school, this is in the 1980s, my coach, who used to play in the NFL, one day at practice literally picked me up and threw me across the field. And he threw me a long way because I only weighed like 96 pounds. Um, we had players who routinely fainted at football practice in the Oklahoma Sun. And they didn't do anything about it. And now society is caught up and you can't be mean to anybody. You know, I think it might be good if we got meaner again. It might be good if we released mothers to do motherhood again. Instead of trying to put them in a box and saying, Moms, don't ever say this to your child. It could ruin his future. You know why? Because a psychologist 20 years from now is going to put him on a couch and say, Your mother ruined your future. When she told you you had to study your spelling words, what she really meant is you're not smart. And they literally are doing stuff like that. And we have to be careful in Christian environments to have that love and to have that nurture and to place our kids in good environments. But we also have to understand that we're fallen creatures. Your mom has made mistakes before, but so have you. And you've probably made more than she has. Because even when she puts you in a good environment, sometimes you still messed it up. And this has got really quiet here during this part of the message. There may be some ingrates sitting in the crowd today. Maybe we should stick on this point for a little while. Now we'll move on. But hey, your mom's tried to place you in the best scenarios. Then we see the gift of availability. The gift of availability. No one is more ready to step into your life and continue caring for you than mom is. And so Pharaoh's daughter 
heads down to the river to do some washing and finds a little fella in the bulrushes. Imagine that. Mom placed him there and God intervened in his behalf. See, that's how faith works. There are times, Mom, when you have to do all you can to put your kids in the right opportunities and let God do what only He can do. He's the God of outcomes. And smart little Miriam, the five-year-old, rushes to the scene, shall I call a nurse for you? And of course, Pharaoh's daughter said, go. And put yourself for just a second in the sandals of Jochebed, if she had sandals. Have you ever placed your kids in a situation and then fretted about it? You started to imagine every possible outcome in your head. And here's Jochebed sitting in the tent worrying what is happening to my baby boy in the river. And she's thinking of every scenario that she could possibly ever think of. And here comes the little pitter-patter of Miriam's feet to the tent. Mommy, mommy, come quick. You need to be the nurse for the baby. What? Yeah, you need to be the nurse for your own baby. And by the way, she'll pay you. That's quite a gig. Uh, How many of you moms have ever gotten paid for changing your own kid's diaper? It doesn't happen that way, does it? But God brought this into her life. And and when the mother of Moses received this feedback about her son, she was immediately prepared to step into the proper role. And moms, look, look, I, I know that we live in a time where we have the ability uh, to plan everything. And some moms have apps on their phone of their kid's dentist appointment in 2021, right? He was just born, but he needs to go to the dentist eight years from now. And so let's get this on the calendar. And we've got life planned out. We know the day that our kindergartner will graduate from high school. We've already got the calendar figured out. And everything is pre-planned and sometimes micromanaged. And moms, look, instead of micromanaging the future of your kids, be ready to step into their lives at whatever point along the way that God allows you to be. Not saying you shouldn't plan as a mother. You should. But committing your kids to God's purpose for their lives requires some motherly flexibility. You might call it parental yoga. Parents are stretched. And they have to be flexible. And they have to roll with the punches sometimes. And mom, don't get so locked in on the plan you have for your kids that you force your kids to miss out on God's plan. See, availability for a mom is to be ready to step in. You know, we have that same availability as believers. There's a verse over in Peter that says this, that we should be ready to give an answer to every man that asks us about the hope that lies in us. And mom, it may never happen, but your adult child may someday ask you for advice. I know some of you just fainted. It's okay, wake them back up. Your adult child may ask you for advice at some point and be ready to give it. Now, if you give it before they ask, 
doesn't usually work. Right? Kids are so much like that. I'm 22. I'm 23. I've got it figured out. I don't need your advice. But sometimes they come back and they say, Hey, Mom, what do you think about this? And you know, that makes mothers very happy. Just the fact that they asked. Sometimes mom is so happy that she doesn't even realize they ignored the advice. And she's excited that they asked. And and so there's an availability factor here that's a gift that mothers give. Then let's look at this last one, the gift of release. The gift of release. I've stood at the Boise airport many times and watch my mom um, walk toward the plane or walk down the, uh, the little hall uh, to take her home to the wilderness of Oklahoma. <laughs> Morris Ledford and his family are moving to Oklahoma. God bless them. Um, no, they really believe God's working in this. He's going to go work with his dad on a ranch. Morris is one of our deacons, and we're going to miss their family so, so much. It's so precious. But they're headed to the wilderness. And I, I've watched my mom take off back to Oklahoma. And it's hard enough, really, to leave the promised land of Idaho. It's a difficult thing to leave the promised land. Um, but, but every time she also leaves kids and grandkids behind, and the tears start rolling. In fact, she can even have a thought about leaving, and the tears start rolling. And no one hates letting you go more than mom does. Moms do not like to let you go. They go through every stage of not wanting to let you go. They don't want to let you go from the playpen into the crawl mode. They don't want to let you go from the crawl mode into taking steps. They want to keep you right where you are. Every year on Autumn's birthday, I ask her, can we move you back a year? This year she turned 12, so I said, can we go back and you be 10 again? And of course she always says, no, Dad. Um, she's hoity-toity about it. But how many of you would like to rewind your kids back a few years? Uh, there are times when they're so precious and so wonderful. How many of you have ever wanted to fast-forward your kids through a time? Yeah, like skip 17, right? Get them to that next one. Um, Get them to the place where they're back in uh, graces. And some parents, bless your heart, you're smiling and crying and weeping right now about your kids. I'm sorry that we got you to that point. But this day came where Moses was weaned. And he was in this incredibly fun toddler stage. Choir practice this morning. Um, Little Brianna... My niece was up on the platform here directing traffic and singing and dancing around. And uh, yes, I technically should tell her, stop that right now. We're having choir practice. But she's going to be out of that stage pretty quick. And we don't want to miss a second of it. And and Moses' mom was in the, the place where her son was so enjoyable. Such a fun kid. And she had to take him down the path and walk to the palace and drop him off in front of a pagan king. Can you imagine how she must have felt? 
but she delivered him to be the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I would think it was the most difficult day of her life. Just have to guess that. And she had so many questions. And we always do at the point of release. Will he completely forget me? Will he ever walk by and wave? Will I ever see my son again? Release. Faith. Pain. And yet, she realized that she had to do it. And she released him to God's purpose for his life. Probably, she wondered how this could possibly be the right thing for him. Have you ever thought that about your kids? How could this possibly be the right thing for my kid? Likely, she thought that God had messed up and caused her little boy to be under pagan influence. I'm not a mom, so I can't emotionally construct something like this in my mind, but I know it's tough. She had no idea that her son Moses would grow up to one day become the greatest leader in world history. She had no idea that her youngest would lead his own siblings, Aaron to become the high priest of God, and Miriam to become a leader for an entire nation of women. In fact, if Jochebed lived very many years after that dreadful day at the palace, she might have had all her fears confirmed. When Moses grew up in the palace and murdered an Egyptian and fled into another land, and the headlines were in every newspaper. Pharaoh's adopted son murders an Egyptian. There was this picture plastered on the Cairo Times. And here's Jochebed in her tent, weeping still. Forty years after he was born, weeping. You know, moms don't ever stop weeping. There are moms with kids who are 10 who weep. There are moms with kids who are 30 who weep. There are moms with kids who are senior citizens who still weep. How many senior citizens do you have now? Your kids? You know? John's a senior citizen. My dad, let's see. Betty? Willie? Willie? She has four senior citizens, her kids. By the way, this dear lady right down here turned 92 years old this past week. 92 years old. Yeah. Incredible. But no matter what point along the way you think of your kids, you have the potential to cry, to be upset. In fact, I hate to say it, but sometimes in parenting, especially motherhood, there may be more sorrow than there is joy. Because we're so concerned. And we're so attached, and there's such a deep feeling that we have. But I wonder if she sat in her tent that day, as the headlines came out, and said, I knew God that this would happen to him. I wonder if she ever thought during that time period, I should have just thrown him in the river in the first place to prevent him from having this happen in his life. 
Look, I don't know what she thought, but I know this, Mom. Faith in God for your child is not easy. It is filled with topsy-turvy twists and crushing feelings of despair. And all along behind the scenes, God had a plan. Look with me to Hebrews chapter 11 as we close. Hebrews chapter 11. Here in the honor roll of the faithful, it's a great chapter that exposes the faith of Old Testament saints. See, a release of faith can only happen when I set aside fear. Look at Hebrews 11, verse number 23. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. Do you know Moses' mom made the honor roll of the faithful? Moses' mom made Hebrews 11. Woman of faith. We have moms here today with, with newborns. Some with elementary age kids and some with teens. Some with college students or military personnel or young married kids. Some have kids with their own little babies. Some of you moms have kids who are grandparents themselves. Being a mother of faith brings up the point of release time and time again. When you have to hand the outcome of this precious child back to God. Yes, moms should do all they can to nurture and place their kids in right opportunities. Moms should always be available to step back in and give more love and direction. But in the end, motherhood is a release of faith. At some point, in some situation, often for an unknown reason, with an unknown ending, you release your child to God and say, God, the outcome is up to you. And it's hard to even think this, but saying to God, God, you love him even more than I do. You have good plans for her, better than mine are. The gifts of a mother are precious to us all. The greatest gift, of course, is Jesus Christ. Last Sunday morning, sitting right back there, one of our precious ladies, Dale Cook. And Dale had one son, Matt, is 30 years old. She has four little grandkids. Yesterday, she was over there for the Mother's Day weekend out in CUNA to see her son and the kids. And Dale's 55 years old. And they were going to go to the races in Meridian with the kids last night. And so she said, you know, I think I'll go upstairs if you don't mind and just take a little nap. And she went up the stairs and walked in the room and Dale never made it to the bed. She went to heaven. Right there. That moment. A few minutes before four o'clock. Gone to be with the Lord. And I got there a little while later and I started talking with the family and began to process some things with them. And Matt was so concerned for the kids because they're all under 10 years old. I told him, Matt, here's the thing. 
These kids have grown up with a biblical worldview. They know that heaven's a real place. And when you tell them that grandma's in heaven, healing immediately takes place. Now they're going to miss her, but they know heaven's a real place. And, and so we sat there and we prayed and he went to go meet the kids. Somebody had taken him to Arctic Circle to get some ice cream. And so he drove off, went to Arctic Circle, and he came back. He walked up to him and he said this, I'll never forget it. He said, the kids have more faith than I do. In fact, his little son, Coda, told him, Dad, I'm just worried about you. Seven years old. He said, Dad, I know Grandma's in heaven. And here's what Matt told me. And it's so profound and so awesome. He said, Pastor, here's the thing. He said, I hear people all the time talk about their loved ones and say, oh, they went to heaven. He said, but the difference is, she really did. We know it's real. It's not just a saying that somebody came up with. It's not just trying to cover over and make the family feel good. She really did go to heaven. She really is with the Lord. And he said, a while later after that, he said, this will be the worst Mother's Day ever. And I said, there's two ways to look at it. She's with the Lord. That's a pretty good Mother's Day. And a, what, a, what a wonderful time Dale's having right now. She's looking down at us. And she's probably got her head back with that big laugh of hers. And I imagine, I just have imagined that she most likely has Dutch brothers. Because that certainly would be the coffee of heaven. She's got her big old cup, and she's probably having her Dutch brothers right now looking down at us. And if she could encourage you with, with anything, if I could encourage you today, Mom, if you don't know Jesus Christ, the greatest gift you could ever give to your family is to make sure of eternal life. Make sure of your salvation. Jesus died on a wooden cross for your sins. He paid the price. There's nothing you can do on your own to get to God. You must accept that gift and repent of your sins and turn to Him. Father, would you bless us now this morning as we have a commitment prayer for mothers today. Lord, before we do that, we certainly would ask you to impress upon the heart of any mother who does not know Jesus Christ that she would talk to us today after the service. Take my hand and I could send her with a lady to a private room who could show her out of the scriptures how she can know for certain that she's a child of God. As we pray right now, any moms who are in the place today, if you'd like to come forward for a commitment prayer for moms, I'd like to invite you to do that. If you can't kneel, just sit here on one of the front rows. But any moms who'd like to come forward for a commitment prayer, Go ahead and come for it at this time. Yeah, we'll have a commitment prayer for you as we close the service today. Moms, go ahead. Come right on out right now.
Father in heaven, we thank you for the moms who are here in this place today. We thank you for the moms who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ. We thank you for the examples that they are to their families. We thank you for the good grandmothers and great-grandmothers who are here today. And we pray that as they go through this year and as they celebrate this special day, that you would give these moms great peace. That you would help them not to be knocked off course by anything that comes along in their path. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. We pray that you'd give them great joy on the journey. Lord, give them hearts that are willing and ready to thank you for everything that takes place in the lives of their kids, their grandkids. Sometimes it's hard to do. Lord, it's hard to thank you when the circumstances are difficult. But I pray that they would. And they would see you work in miraculous ways in their families. There are some moms and grandmothers who are kneeling before you today, God, who have kids and grandkids and people in their family who do not know Jesus Christ. And it's such a a huge, monstrous burden to them. I pray that you would work as only you can in those hearts. That you would send an influence or a friend or a soul winner along the way to lead them to Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the gifts that our mothers give us. We pray that you would continue to give them blessings and gifts through this year. We ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, moms. We're so thankful that you came today.